Hello and welcome back to the Simplicity of Happiness. Today from Berlin in Germany. This is episode number 13, the first interview of the show. I am Florian Hornig and you can call me Flo. Welcome back to the Simplicity of Happiness. I am so honored that today I can finally present the first story that's not from me. And since I have been well, a fan of Australia for all my life, I'm so happy I met somebody who actually lives there. It's uh, Ben Lee. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Ben, I met you only several days ago, mm -hmm. although mm -hmm. I've heard about you. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> and um, it's uh, it's actually a friend of mine who already appeared in the German podcast, Lisa. Oh, yes. So yeah. if you are a German listener, you might have heard the, um, the podcast about Happy Works with uh, Lisa. Mm -hmm. And Lisa visited Australia and she met some two very special people. <laughs> and Ben is that type of guy who does something where I, I, normally I wouldn't think about it, but obviously he's totally happy with, with it. He's a beer brewer. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And I think he did about everything else before. Well, there's been a few different changes in occupation along the way, yes. And why, why I wanted you to have on the show is because you always have a smile on your face. You seem to be very happy with what you're doing. And I think that's what the simplicity of happiness is about. Perfect. <laughs> is, if, you, if I meet you for the first time, mm -hmm. like our mm -hmm. listeners, yeah, yeah. is there mm -hmm. anything else that they need to know from you before? What do they need to know about me? Anything um, special? Uh, no. <laughs> Honestly, there's not. I'm just, I'm just an, uh, an everyday, easygoing, regular guy Who, who loves life, who loves people, um, I don't have an agenda. I don't have an angle. I'm just, I'm, I'm pleased to meet you. I'm pleased to be alive. That's it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> And would you, would you consider yourself as a happy person? Very much so, yes. When, when was the last time that you have been really happy? I mean, a situation where you said, well, if every situation would be like this, it's heaven. When I asked my uh, future wife uh, to get uh, married, <laughs> and she said yes. <laughs> should be the happiest day of my life when you think about it. <clears throat> okay. What, what makes you happy about it? Is it the that, thinking of the future or was it the moment or the connection? Good question. Um, I think for me, happiness is in the moment and it's about being, it's about feeling loved. It's about being in love and it's about, it's about living life, you know, without regret. So if I can create that moment for myself and it actually happens and, and I'm living it, that, I cannot explain the smile that's internal. It's perfect, you know. So um, you tell me you, you never regret anything? Actually, that's, that's probably one of my few mantras. Um, I, I do not live without regret. Every decision I make is with purpose and I understand I can make the wrong decision. 
But I do purposefully sit back and go, well, do you know what? I, I, I'm going to make a decision. It's going to be educated. I'm not going to overthink it, but I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to stick with it and believe in it or myself. And that's it. Come what may. So if it's a fail, it's a fail. But I will never look back on it in 10 years time and say, oh, I regret not making a decision. I made a decision. Same thing with what I was just discussing with my current partner. I actually made a, a life gamble on her in a few ways. It wasn't, it wasn't easy for us to be together, but I made choices uh, and I took the plunge and it turned out perfect. And I do not regret it had I even not ended up with that person. And is this the same way of living, taking decisions that you take into your business life as well? Or do you, do you have a separate approach? I would say, hmm, I would say it's very similar. Yes. Because I think you get to a point in your, in your life career, however you want to look at it. And, and, and yes, you get to crossroads and, and you evaluate where you're at, what, what your, what your beans are, <laughs> as we say. And, you know, you have to make no regrets. You have to have, you know, a decision that you cannot regret later on. That's the, the only way I can describe it to you. you you've, you've got your lot in life. You can take number A, B or C. And it's, it's not about money. It's never about money. Money doesn't make you happy. No? No. Money does not make me happy. There is... Um, so do you think you could be happy without having any money? Good question. Um, uh, Could I be happy without money? If the right circumstances were around me, then yes. What, what But they in, need to in, be? In, well, this is it. In, in the real world, that doesn't happen very often. That's some sort of society where we all live on some island where money doesn't count. And unfortunately, that's not the world that, that I have experienced. So yes, money matters. Um, but it's not too hard, at least in the Western world, to earn enough money to be happy. And it's a simple equation uh, whereby... If you have more money than it costs you to live, you should be happy. If you have less money than the bills and the everyday outgoings, you will be unhappy. So you think um, if I if I'd add some extra money to your monthly income, it yeah. wouldn't make you more happy than you are now? So that, that happens. And, you know, I, I make decisions and, and sometimes in, in my job, my boss turns around and goes, well done, you've done a great job, you know, we, we should sit down and have a chat. We have a chat and we say, well, okay, you, you, we think you should you know, <laughs> have a higher pay. I'm like, oh, fantastic, great, yeah. big smile on my face. But that, the recognition is what's actually made me happy. Mm -hmm. The monetary uh, benefit doesn't actually do anything for me. It's the fact that someone has turned around and, and showed me that they appreciate what I'm doing, both for my passion and for them as a business, because this is a world we live in. But yeah, the money is not, not the important bit. It's not what I take home. If there was one thing that you could get when you would spend all your belongings you have right now, everything that you saved, right. everything you own, yes. if you could trade this to something, If I could trade it to something... What would it be? Um, so what is my dream, you're saying? Or, or, no, if, or if I there, looked at my net worth, what can I... Yeah, is there anything that you can... What you, where you would say, if I could, if I could purchase this, this and have this for the rest of my life, whatever it be? Ooh, that's a very good question. Um, I don't think... Okay, happiness to me is not a static concept. 
So to have one thing, one concept, whether it's a, a house or an island or my own bar or own brewery or nightclub or whatever I might or find exciting in life. Or lifelong freedom or oh, your wife well, for the rest of your life. I mean, it can be anything. Oh, well, then, then, then if that's the question, if it's that kind of question, quite simply, it's the free one. The Beatles weren't wrong. All you need is love, yes? So it's, it's my partner. It's my soul partner. That's it. That's all I need. That, that doesn't cost me anything. That cost me my love, my companionship. Yeah, that cost you everything you have. Mm, that's right. That's right. But not, not financial. Not, not my, yeah, you understand? I, I, maybe it would help you understand I don't know what my bank balance is. And that's not me being blasé. It always happens. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's um, That's not, that's not me saying, you know, I earn so much money that I don't know how much I've got. That's, that's rubbish. That's not true at all. Uh, it's quite simply the fact that my bank balance is not me. It's not important to me what's in there. I know that I do a good job. I enjoy my job. I enjoy my life. And I know that there's money in there. And it doesn't matter what it is. That, that's it. And that's, that is a, a weight off of my mind, a stress off of my mind to know that I can just... You know, I can do what I want to do because money's not important. Yeah. Positive or negative. And, and have you done, since we talked about regret before, have you done mm. anything where you took an active decision and later on said, well, it was the wrong one? I can only think of when I was much, much younger and I made decisions, just silly decisions in life. And I, I probably won't even bother to give you details, but where I, I, I did regret not doing anything. I regretted inaction. Mm. As for regretting action... A positive decision to make to do something and and and, and regretting well, doing. But if you regretted yeah. doing the inaction, so not doing something, what did you? How did you change that? How did you become a person that does Because not? Because I, I, I literally uh, sat back and 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 evaluated what I had not achieved by inaction, and and said, do you know what? If I don't do something, then nothing will change. There's an interesting... Okay, I, I can see where, where you're getting at. There was a time when I was, I was young, it's a teenager, yeah, and I was, I was searching into philosophy and texts and Bible, the I Ching, you name it, whatever, and I was trying to find meaning in life. I was trying, what, what, what is it? How am I going to you know, improve myself? How am I going to be happy? And I, I didn't find the answers in a book, per se. And then one day someone, some, a lecturer, I can't even remember who, just, just, just said uh, the words, nothing changes if nothing changes. And to me, that was profound. Yeah. If you want to do, if you want some other, what do you say? If you want other, achieve other goals than yeah. before, you have to take other actions than before. That, that, that's it. And, and, and I said this to a, a friend at the time. He's like, that is, that is amazing. That's just perfect. It's like, and I've lived by that ever since. If, if, if I speak to you as a friend or another friend and they say, you know, are you happy at the moment? Is there something you want in life? And I say to them, yeah, actually, I wouldn't mind. They say, well, go and get it. And I go, well, you're right. I've, I've been lazy. I've been sitting on that for too long. I need to go and get that now because I've just, you know, I'm in, I'm in control. I'm in charge of me. No one else is. There's no one to blame. That's it. So your own happiness is entirely in your hands. That is it, 100%. And 
you are you are British, right? Correct. So you're from from England? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere near London, I guess. Uh, west of London, yes, west. on on the River Thames, place called Berkshire. So, so how did you end up in Australia? Um, I was. Um, I was a child when I first went out there. My parents um, went out there and I went to school for a couple of years down down on the coast in Australia. So um, I, I really enjoyed that as a, I think I was about 10, 12 at the time. And then um, then I came back to England and my, my parents broke up, as, as happens. Um, and we couldn't get back to Australia. My mum wanted to get back to Australia, but she couldn't get enough points to have a point system. Um, so she actually then trained to become, I think, a customs officer at the time for the airport in order to get enough points so that she could qualify to emigrate to Australia. And by that time, I was then 18. So I'd lived my teenage years in England. I had all my friend base and so on and so forth. And so the offer was on the table. Come to Australia with your mum as a, a minor, because I was technically 18. I was still a minor. Um, and live there for two years, become a citizen. Or stay in England continue your life with your friends and it was a it was a really big decision it was a huge deal because you know as you probably know your teenage friends you got with at school are the ones you kind of keep for life um as as you just saw i ran into one uh, yeah today yeah. um and they are some of the most important people you'll ever meet and to leave them is, is a huge deal but but that is the prime example of the decision where i have no regret I sat there and I thought, you know what, I'm scared. I don't know what Australia is. I don't know what it holds. I have no friends there. I've got no contacts, no idea what I'll do. But I went. And when I went there, it was strangely more difficult than I thought. Um, very alienating. You would think an Englishman in Australia, you're laughing. Easy. You speak the language. No. Not at all. Wrong, completely different culture. I did not understand it. <laughs> and and I, I can't describe to you how different it is, but it is really quite different than being English. So you're still seen as an outsider. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the same thing whereby, of course, the Australians all keep to their own friends. And yeah. so making friends and networks to start with was very, very hard. Yeah. Um, I just moved to German-speaking Switzerland. So yes. it's... Yeah, yeah, exactly you, right. You could say the same culture, but, well, yeah. they even speak different. yeah. yeah. But it's a, it's a very um, it's a very soul searching experience mm -hmm. to do that, and when you do it, you you become quite humble, and it makes you a better person for it because you start respecting other people who mm -hmm. come to different lands, as 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 we all do now, um, and then you, you just you learn to 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 make these friendships, relationships, and and you respect people so much more, and uh, and you build those you know friendships. They they become that more, much more important to you. Um, when you've been displaced in life, if you've never made those decisions, you've always stayed at home. I don't think people quite understand the value of those those friendships. Yeah, it's hard to um, grow if you. It is. It can be very input. very hard to grow. Yeah, yeah. So, what did you do for for a living? Uh, when I first went to Australia, I um, I didn't do anything for a little while. Then I ended up uh, working for a um, uh, what was the first job? A sound production company. So I was. Um, I was uh, setting up uh, public address systems for public events and things like that. Um, you know, uh, recording live bands, those sorts of things. Um, it was it was fun, and it got me uh, <laughs> plugged in to the society. Um, and you know, I got to meet a lot of people, got to have a lot of fun, and got to really understand sort of local music scenes, culture, and so on and so forth. So that was that was really good. Yeah, really really enjoyed that. And why don't you work there anymore? Why don't I work there anymore? So. 
I think I've always been one of those people that ever since I left school, in fact, when I was at school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I would argue that the, most people don't, and certainly the most interesting people I've met in my life do not know what they want to do. Do never, you know, never will. Do you know now what you want to do for the rest of your life? No. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. And, and I pride myself on that. Yeah. I, I will change my career tomorrow if tomorrow I wake up and I want to do something different. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's life. One chance. Yeah. <laughs> one chance. You do one thing for all of your life, then what's the point? So what did you do next? Next after that, I, um, well, I actually chased a girl. <laughs> and Where? she, well, other way, I, I went back to England and, uh, and I, I met an old flame, as we say, an old girlfriend. And um, anyway, that happened. But um, I, I had to get other work and I, I decided to approach a friend of a friend in a bar. And, and within a few minutes, I had another job doing um, tree surgery. I think I mentioned to you the other day. So in England, uh, in England, in England. So um, yes, that. So what I did is I actually ended up. Um, I, I would work in England for six months and work in Australia for six months for about for about three, four, five years, something like I can't think, something like that. So just um, in case somebody hasn't heard tree surgery before, a tree surgeon is a um, a professional uh, tree cutter um, who essentially. Um, is skilled with a chainsaw uh, and and is very good at climbing and understands how to how to cut a tree without harming it. Um, so sometimes your job can be cutting down the entire tree. Other days it can be uh, crowning that tree in like 10, 20%. Uh, and you would literally have to rope up into the tree and swing out to every branch, tie that branch in, swing it down, down to the ground. It can be quite a... Uh, an intense job and and for that reason it's 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 dangerous and it's well paid and it's fun <laughs> yeah. so and you're not a tree surgeon anymore no not a tree surgeon anymore um i guess uh, i enjoyed working outdoors so that that part of it i really really enjoyed um but i guess you would meet the client and then after that you'd be getting on with your job so you're just working with a tree <laughs> so I guess I was always searching for something where I could be a hands-on and yet something that was technical and then perhaps something that I could work with people as well. Wasn't sure what to do. Went back to Australia. I did a degree. I did an arts degree. Now, that's that in um, Australian terms, we would sometimes say is a cop-out. <laughs> that's the degree you do when you don't know what you're going to do. So uh, part of that was because I didn't have much money and you have to pay for your education in Australia. It was the cheapest degree. So I'm like, well, I need an education. I'll start with an arts degree. So I did. And I studied all manner of random things. I studied things I was interested in. I studied Egyptology. I studied anthropology. Um, I studied uh, media. Um, and, and, you know, those things were fantastic for me because they, they, they taught me the power of learning. Uh, they taught me about myself and my capabilities and, and they taught me, you know, how to learn, how to learn. And that's, that's really what I got out of university. And of course, meeting new people, exciting experiences, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. And so. then you get your degree and you got my degree and did not start I, in a museum, did you? No, no, I, I, um, I did my homework as people do, and I, I thought, no, I don't want to be an archaeologist. You have to be rich to be an archaeologist, and there's no money in it. It's one of those careers. Anthropology, ditto. <laughs> you get lost in the field, and, and it's not for me. Although I didn't want money, I did want a lifestyle that enabled me to be around people and culture I understood. I didn't want to just disappear off into the wilderness. I felt I needed to understand me more. Um, and... Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I literally, I, I was lost for things to do. And uh, I ended up um, uh, applying for and accepting a job in a camera store where I, I sold cameras. Now, that may sound pretty dull, but I have a passion for technology. So yeah. it was an understanding of that passion that, that, that got me excited about it. Um, and then, of course, I realized that being in a camera store, this was the, the biggest camera store in Melbourne. It was in the center of Melbourne. And we had some 70, 80 employees. And it was, it was a, a constant corridor, an interchange of people from cultures and nations. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. It was just so much fun to work there. I would wake up in the morning. I'd be like, cool, I'm just going to go there and learn about something. I get to play with cool gadgets, you know, because I love photography. I love videography, film, sound, everything. Um, and, and I get to talk to people about it and tell them about it. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, of course, the company I was working for, they loved me. I loved them. They put me through training courses. I learned to be a manager. I learned to do sales and all those sorts of things. Uh, and and I didn't get a hunger for the capitalist side of it, but I got excited about sharing things with people and how to how to communicate with people in that way and make people understand things that I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a great thing for me. Uh, and also, I had a really good community yeah. of people around me. So speaking to other people around so, the world. So sounds like you were happy. I was, I was very, really, really, very happy. That to me became, I was there for, I think, about five or six years. It became really hard to get out of because we were a community. You know, and I, literally, we would go out three, four, five times a week with people from my work. And there'd be different people every time. And we'd just have fun and go for dinner and we'd go for drinks and we'd sit down and we'd go for walks. It was just, I, I, I have not met many people that have that with fraternities of people at workplace. So why did you want to change it? At all? <sighs> Good question. So I think sometimes you, you see your number coming up, yeah? You think, I've, I've done this. Well, the day you wake up and you go, I'm going to that same place. Again? Same, same four walls, yeah? I think, it, and it, it does happen. It happens to everyone. You just, you just cannot stay in the same place all your life. You have to change. We change. We are always changing. Mm-hmm. Our minds change. Our thoughts change. Everything around it. And to stay in the same place just doesn't work it's as simple as that so you have to you don't wait for it to go stale as it were you literally have to make the proactive decision to to do something else it's like moving Um, on exactly right Mm -hmm. um so i remember having conversation with a friend of mine who used to work at the camera store and we were sitting at a bar in brisbane i think um and 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 yeah he goes well you know, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know what I want to do next. I just want to do something fun. I want to work with my hands. I want to work with people. I want to do something creative. I want to do something I'm passionate about. But I just don't know what I'm truly passionate about. And he goes, well, why don't you follow your 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 home passion, which is which is home brewing? I'm like, oh, you can do that. You can you can you can make you know, brewing a career. <laughs> Bullshit. You you can't yeah. you can't do that. And um. That's like having fun all the time. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like well, it's like having you having a cake with a cherry on top. It's like you can't you can't do that. And and I just it, it you know I went away and thought about it and it occurred to me absolute rubbish. That's me blocking myself. Mm-hmm. What am I thinking? And so literally for the next day I went out and I I tried to find out who in Melbourne um, where I was living made microbrew beer. There weren't many, and I went literally door knocking. And I'm like. I'm a home brewer. I make beer at home. I love it. I'm passionate about it. I'm British. I, I love these kind of beers. I do this. I do this. Is there any way that I can come work for you? And lo and behold, the second place I knocked the door on, they're, they're like, yep, yeah, come on in. 
come work, come, come see what we do. Have some fun. If it works out, we'll give you a job. And, and they did. They put me on part-time and I, and I basically stepped up my, my homebrewing to a scale that it became, you know, a bit more commercial and, and, and they taught me. And, and, and then I got the, the flavor for it, yeah? I thought, this is, this is fun. This is really fun. I get to do something I'm passionate about and someone's going to give me money for it. So how far can I take this? So I enrolled in a postgraduate course in brewing in, in Ballarat, which is near Melbourne. Uh, it was a, um, how do you say, correspondence course. So it was, it was all online. Uh, and that was for two years. Um, and that, that was just, that was mind-blowing because I got to study biochemistry, you know, science. I'd, I'd never done this before. <laughs> I, I don't even remember doing that at school. It certainly wasn't my thing, but I made it become my thing. Yeah, I've but always, when you need it for beer, it becomes your thing. Well, you don't, yeah, you don't realize until you get into the, the, the nitty-gritty of something how, yeah, how complex it is. Beer is incredibly complex biochemistry. And, mm. and, and if you know anything about physics and biochemistry, there's a point at which it changes into theology. <laughs> mm. We don't know what happens when we boil a beer to make it. You know, we literally don't know half the chemical reactions, but we know what we have to do before it in order to create what the output that we want. So it's constant learning, constant learning. You know, if you want to stay on top of the game in brewing, you need to be reading papers all the time and just keeping up date with, with the latest ideas in, in, in this, that and the other. So it's, it's, it's food for thought. It's an exciting industry to be in. So if your life was a beer, which one was If it? my life was a beer. <laughs> I don't know if my life could be a beer. Um, but <laughs> it's an odd question. I, look, I, I, like most people, like drinking a, a balanced, sessionable beer that's good, remains good, and makes me happy. So I could literally pick a particular style. It's going to be something like an American Pale Ale, okay? Um, because that is interesting. It's exciting enough. It's not extreme. It's not too boozy, but it just... Every time I pick one up, smell the aroma, fills, fills my nose, it puts a smile on my face, and then I drink and it delivers. And that's all you need. That's the beauty of beer, simplicity. Yeah? You look at something, it is what it says it's going to be, and then you have it and it's like perfect, perfect little hedonistic moment. It really is. And life, life to me, the happiness in life is about having a whole long succession of hedonistic moments that you don't necessarily know are coming. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the most perfect thing. Today I went out, I was with friends, we went and saw lots of beautiful things and we had little, little moments and I was just like, this is just perfect. And you had the perfect weather. <laughs> I had the perfect weather, absolutely. The sun is always shining in Berlin. Berlin absolutely put it on for me today. It's, uh, this town is, is amazing. I could, I could live here. I could definitely live here. Oh, Well, <laughs> come and visit in the winter before. Well, or you split up. <laughs> summer in Melbourne and then summer in Berlin. Yep. That uh, could work out as well. And that could be a goal. Don't If, put the seed in my brain. <laughs> why not? Maybe you can, um, you can season it with some uh, mountains <laughs> in the middle. Or Zanzibar. That would be good. Zanzibar. I've, I've heard that's a nice place as well. <laughs> <laughs> so when you yeah. make a beer, yeah. um, since we're talking about life and beer, mm -hmm. has there ever been, uh, I don't know how you call this, a one, one charge, one, 
when you make one production and then it went wrong and so it turned out to be a failure or not tasty so you had to throw it away um yes uh once <laughs> in 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 five years of professional brewing have i sent a beer to drain mm-hmm. uh, and, it's a, and how it's do you day. and what 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 do you do with that, that situation? I mean, I would be, I would be pissed off, and I would be maybe angry for me or for whoever screwed it up, or yeah. at least I used to be. Um, how do you react to that? Look, brewing a beer is an incredibly, um, in, in a professional environment, incredibly complex and, and, and difficult and, and, and um, uh, technical task. Like how so, so many other things in life. Yes, that, that's so, correct. But when you screw up, what no, do you, when you so screw up? I, I'll, 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 I'll get, get there. there. So, so basically, basically I, to explain it to you, uh, my boss is um, uh, like an aer- aeronautical engineer mm-hmm. who started the brewery. And he explained brewing to me before I started. He said, it's like, it's like flying a plane, literally. You know, people's lives are in your hands and you have to get every single handle right until you've landed the plane and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's quite true. When you start a brew day, you have some literally four or 500 handles that you have to change and get right in succession perfectly every time. And every one of those you get a little bit wrong. Sometimes you might get a chance to catch that later. Other times it might just be end. That's it. You've ruined the beer. And so that um, responsibility is pretty intense. The difference is compared to a, a pilot, I'm not going to uh, send a lot of people to their, their impending doom. Um, I'm just going to lose a beer. But I take it that seriously. So when something goes wrong, and it did that one time, your question, how did I feel? I felt terrible. I felt like a, a failure. Yeah, I felt like I, I just, I'd, I'd um, uh, how do you say I dropped the ball, yeah, mm. literally. And you just you just go, uh, your head hangs, your shoulders go down, and you're like, well, what, what, what could have I done? Well, I could have done the thing that would have stopped it happening, but that's hindsight, and yeah, you I don't know. have that. And my boss comes up to me. You know, we tried to solve the problem rapidly, and when we, the point we realized we couldn't solve the problem, he's just like, do you know what? It's okay. It's just beer. It's no problem. And it took me probably, I went home to my partner that night and, and I stewed over it, as we say. And the next day, I'd pretty much gotten over it. And it was good. My pride was dented because it's a pride thing. And I'm not one for pride. But, you know, I, th- I, take, I take pride in my work. I really do. It's a passion. Um, but, yeah, I, I got over it. And that's it. And yeah, no problem. We, we move on. We move on. It's just, it's, it's a mistake. And people make mistakes. And that's a very valuable lesson. And what is your suggestion or your recommendation for me if I screw up tomorrow and I don't get over it for a week? What would I say to you? Um, It depends. Okay, there's different types of screwing up in life. There's screwing up by, by, by letting somebody down, by being stupid or, you know, by being nasty or just trying, just really not thinking about somebody else. There's, there's those kind of, and there's, there's just a failure to, you know, there's a mistake. If something is an honest mistake, then literally I would give the same advice to you my boss did to me. Look, you know, you do a hundred things right and you do one thing wrong. It's not, it's not important. It's not important. You didn't mean to, you know. It's, it's an accident. It's just, it happens and it's not important. It shouldn't affect your happiness. It shouldn't affect anything that you do in life. You should just 
move up, move on. Yeah. Basically, learn from it, go, but not do that again. And then that's it. You know, if you make the same mistake five times, well, then maybe it's not for you. Maybe you're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> Reconsider yeah. what it is you do and the responsibility you have to take in your life and work. Going on in life, mm -hmm. imagine 30 years from now. Okay. We have a nice evening, maybe somewhere in Australia or in, in the mountains. Nice, fi nice fire, some nice beers. Perfect. And some kids of some friends of mine, they show up and they say, hey, who are you and what have you done the last 30 years? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the person that you want to be? The person who I want to be is the person I am now. It's as, it's as simple as that. I'm the one who is enjoying living this life. I don't believe there is anything beyond this life and that's that's another topic we don't need to touch on that that's not really important whether i did or i i, I don't believe that but it, it's about living for the now and it's about living in no regret for every day Th that is it so i will say the same thing in 30 years as i say now i almost certainly won't be a brewer in 30 years i'll be something different i'll have done other things and it doesn't matter I'll still be smiling and I'll be sitting there with my beer. Or maybe I'll have given up beer. Maybe I'll have found something else. Maybe I'll be on tea. I don't know. And it doesn't matter. And I'm not close-minded enough to think that, that you know, I may or may not be doing that. Um, but I'll be able to tell them that, that what I've done in the last 30 years is, is my heart and it's my passion. And I did it with hopefully a partner at my side that, that I love and, and, and can share my stories and with friends around me who, who you know, enjoy my company as well. That's all you can ask for. That is it. I, I hope I'll be there. <laughs> oh, you, you, you're welcome. Always welcome. I hope I'll make it. No problem. I hope you make it. <laughs> Eat healthily. <laughs> Maybe drink a little beer. <laughs> Sanitize water, after all. <laughs> and on your way, on your way to here and now, mm -hmm. um, did you have any any mentors, any idols, where you where you say, well, this is a person. I mean, he lives the life as you should do and is well, it somebody i should have the next interview with you, you, you did mention you might ask me this and, and um I, I thought i thought long and hard and I, the answer is yes and no there's been a lot of mentors along the way but they've been very small mentors just one word one sentence one inspiration and it's been enough to lift me up and take me to the next place and i thank them whoever they were whether i remember them or not um i i, I very much uh, It's hard to describe how I adhere to mentors. I, as I think I mentioned before, my parents broke up when I was very young. So my father figure, my dad, disappeared when I was 13. So I very much had to bring myself up. I had to work out what it was to be a man and how I was going to get there. So there were, there were two figures in my life that I actually looked up to and respected. One was my um, uh, older cousin uh, called Andrew. And he, um, I would, I would love for you to interview him today. Unfortunately, he's he's not with us anymore. Um, he is, um, he's a New Zealander, and he's a was a whitewater rafting instructor. Uh, and he was he was at the time my hero. Sounds like fun. <laughs> so, oh, he he lived the life. He 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 literally just I he lived in London and he lived in um, Switzerland and he just would basically 
party and live between the two and he just led uh canyoning expeditions excuse me and uh whitewater rafting expeditions and he just and and skied and that was it that was all he done and he got paid good money for it but more to the point he loved his life and he had a beautiful beautiful network of friends he was just one of the most passionate people i've ever met i unfortunately didn't get to meet him enough but when we did spend time together it was it was beautiful. It was a good soul with a good heart. And, and we understood each other, maybe because we're family, maybe not. It doesn't matter. But he treated me, you know, as an equal. And yet I looked up to him because I was just like, wow, you, you, you hung up the suit, you gave up this, and you're just living the dream. I, I applaud you. I applaud you. Unfortunately, uh, he, he left us 10 years ago in, in a very unfortunate accident in uh, Interlagen. So that, that's that. Um, but he's still my hero because that's it. He, 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 he left us doing what he loved. And you cannot ask for more in life than that. If I go the same way, I will hope those behind me drink beer to me because that's fantastic. Living 80 years not doing what he loved. <laughs> maybe not the better option. Exactly. But is there another mentor that, that, that maybe you could talk to? Is, is the guy who I found in my younger life to be the happiest guy I ever met. And he is actually the father of a gentleman who you met this weekend. Um, so, uh, Mr. Osborne, um, his, his father, um, is a, or was, he's retired now. He's a chemical scientist. Um, I think mainly for ICI in England, uh, but that doesn't matter. He's, he was my mentor in life because I guess I adhered to him perhaps as a bit of a father figure, but more importantly, as somebody who just got it right. I never saw him not smiling. Now, he, he and his, his partner were just, they, they live their own lives. He loves um, mountain climbing, rock climbing, all those sorts of things, and she loves going to markets and flowers and things like that. Well, whatever it is now, 20 years on, what do they do? They go mountain climbing and looking for orchids. So they've combined <laughs> their two loves in life, you know, to make sure that they're doing what it is they love. But I, I've... I've never met a man who was as much a mentor and a, an inspiration who really understood the power of being being there and being a coach, leading by example. So I, that is, um, to me, the most important thing that you can be to somebody else is, is to show them how to be happy in life by being happy. And that, that, is, that is it. I, I can give you nothing more than that because that is inspirational to me as a, as, as a person. And that's, yeah, maybe you need to, maybe you need to meet this man, Pete, Pete Osborne. Yeah. He's, 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 he's a beautiful man. <laughs> so I guess I am definitely going to call him. Um, he's in England. He's in England. Absolutely. I'm sure he'd love to hear from someone. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Indeed. Yep. Thank you. Great story so far. Fantastic. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Not a problem. Pleasure to be here. And next time we record an episode, I hope I'll be in Australia. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, absolutely. It would be lovely to see you. Um, look, I can give you a, uh, an email address. Would that be the best thing yeah. to do? And you could put yeah, it up on your, whatever. okay, perfect. No problem. Uh, Absolutely. Provide that later. 
Yep. Any any aspiring homebrewers that want a bit of advice, no problem. I'm happy to share share the wealth of knowledge. Okay. <laughs> or if they just want to know how to be happier, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Fantastic. And to you too, sir. <laughs> that was Ben Lee and the first interview episode of the Simplicity of Happiness podcast. Let me know what you thought about the episode. Uh, do you have questions? Do you have any ideas? Do you have recommendations? What I can do better or different in the next time? Let me know. Just uh, visit the website simplicityofhappiness.com and you see a big green button coming in from the right. If you click on there, you can just leave me a voicemail or you click on the Ask Me Anything button and uh, write a review. Talking about review... The best way to help me and the podcast and all the people who are not listening to it yet is visiting iTunes. Please go there and leave a short review and a five-star rating. That's helping me a lot. Thank you for that. And uh, just in case that you think that you like some of these ideas that I'm presenting, I'm going to or on an island trip, an Iceland island trip, on horses in September 21st to 25th. If you want to participate there, just um, well, once again, visit me on the website and um, leave a message or go to Facebook and you will see the event and further information. I'd be happy to see you there and uh, spend some, some days on horses. Until then... Always keep in mind to find out what matters most in your life, because we only live once.